When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins, powered by BetUS. Everybody, welcome into a very special episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. I am thrilled to welcome Greg Cosell from NFL Films, NFL Matchup Show, the czar of the film, czar uh. of everything. <laughs> uh, Greg, <laughs> thanks for thanks for joining us again. I appreciate it. I think last time uh, we talked to you was maybe pre-draft, I think. I think it was pre-draft, um, yes. Yep. Before uh, before we went down the uh, the the Mac Jones road, yeah. Uh, so actually, let's sort of start there. First off, I want to say this is a very uh, this is a very friendly space. It's a comforting space. There is no judgment. I simply <laughs> this is this is where I just I like to talk to smart people and get their opinions. And um, Greg and I have sort of discussed off air um, my opinions about um, Mac Jones so far. And uh, I, I would just love to hear uh, what Greg thinks so far of Mac Jones on film. Well, I would say I would answer it this way. I don't think there's a lot of mystery to what Mac Jones was coming out of college. And I don't think there's a lot of mystery to what he's doing now. Uh, I think that he's a timing rhythm player. I think he's decisive. I think he knows what he's looking at. The ball comes out. He does not have a big arm. He can't really drive the football, but he can navigate within the pocket to some degree because he's not really a stride thrower. He can throw without really striding into it. So he can throw when there's not a lot of space. Um, I think that you have to, in some ways, set him up for throws. But I will say this. One thing that I think he has done well and there are examples of this through these seven games, I believe it is. I think that he's done a very good job of being able to recognize things post-snap when there has been some disguise and late movement. And I think it started week one. I think Mm -hmm. he does see that quickly. I think he has an innate feel for seeing things. Uh, And therefore, he is able, as I said, Greg, to throw the ball to the right receiver at the right time with the necessary kind of throw. So I think we all, or I did anyway, watching his tape at Alabama, felt like he could do this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the big question, well, I guess I'd say this. What he is is he's an executor and a ball distributor. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
because every quarterback is a system quarterback. That has become a negative pejorative term, but that's the way the position is taught. And he's an, uh, he's an efficient executor and a ball distributor. One of the things we talked about pre-draft, um, and I think you sort of had the question and from talking to a bunch of different evaluators, because um, I was I was high on Jones. I had him after Lawrence and Wilson. I, I believed the hype in Mac Jones, and I thought he would fit the Patriots perfectly. But one of the things we talked about is the whole, do you need the off-schedule throws right. to be successful in the NFL? Because there are some schemes that are almost dependent on it at this point in time. There are very, there are very few, like the Patriots scheme, where it's like, if we get that, that's gravy. But really, we want, you know, what you do from the pocket is is paramount for us. Um, and, and in terms of Jones, I think, and, I, and I, I'm curious what you think. If you are that type of thrower, like, say, you know, the Brady, the Breeze, the Mac Jones, where, you know, you're going to be under center and, and in the pocket, you have to find a way to make those special throws to be special as a quarterback. And I think, in my opinion, part of the outstanding opinion on Jones and we just don't know. We don't know how is he how is he going to evolve physically? Is his arm going to get stronger? Is is he going to be able to make those type of throws when it counts? And we we don't have a whole lot of examples right now, but I do I agree with you when yeah. that that he his arm strength looks fine when he has time to gather himself a little bit and definitely step into things. When he doesn't, sometimes it gets a little bit iffy, but is is he going to develop that part of his arsenal to move into an elite status where now I think his ceiling is probably, from what we've seen, good, good, solid starting quarterback in this league? I'm just curious what you think about that. Well, there's a lot to unpack based on what you just said. Yeah. Um, let's start with the idea of having to be a second reaction improvisational player because people flippantly now throw that out as if you cannot play quarterback in the NFL if you mm -hmm. can't run around. And I think that that's too easy to say. You have to look at the process of playing the position. You know, it's very easy to look at Tom Brady and push him aside and say, oh, he's just the greatest of all time. But what what's the process that got to that point? How come Tom Brady at whatever age he is, 44, 45, I lose track now. <laughs> I lose track of a lot of things now, Greg. But, uh, you know, <laughs> how can he still do what he's doing? without any meaningful second reaction improvisational ability. So there's a process that gets you to that point. That's what has to be discussed. And what where that process starts is a full understanding of your offense and a complete understanding of defenses generally and the specific defenses that you're going to play against because the Brady's, the Breezes, and I know I'm speaking about Hall of Famers, but I, right. it's the process. Those guys win 99% of the time before the ball is snapped. They know where they're going with the ball. They're not surprised. They're not getting a free rusher that all of a sudden, wow, where did he come from? You know, so I think Mac Jones ultimately is that kind of quarterback. Mm -hmm. Is is he a non-athlete? No. Is he going to make a career out of running around? No. Um you know, we saw this past week against the Jets where he didn't make a few plays where he left the pocket. Can he do that on occasion? Sure. Is he going to make special plays doing that? Not likely. So, yeah, he has to he has to learn all the the nuances and the subtleties and the disciplines of the position so that the ball can come out of his hand. 
I think he can do that. But now mm-hmm. getting to your second point about making quote unquote special throws, I think that's an unknown. I think we know he can make all the layups. He can make those throws and he yep. knows where to go with the football and he's decisive. He doesn't get stuck in the pocket where you feel like, okay, what's he going to do now? Um, the question is, can he drive the football? Tom Brady's arm, in my view, clearly got stronger as his career mm-hmm. progressed. And in fact, I would even argue that Tom Brady right now is throwing the ball than he ever has, which is yep. remarkable. Um I would say Drew Brees' arm got a little stronger, too, after his surgery. You know, there was a stretch there where Brees threw the ball pretty well. He would throw those seam Mm -hmm. balls in New Orleans really, really well. Um, So can Mac Jones' arm get stronger? It doesn't have to be a gun. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think the factor that a lot of people don't think about is your coach and the team and what what the whole system is. I guess we don't know what the situation in New England will be five years from now, seven years from now. Mm-hmm. But I think, obviously, Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels have a great, great feel for this kind of quarterback because Brady was essentially that kind of quarterback, certainly early in his career as he evolved. And they have a great feel for presenting define reads and throws for the quarterback within the structure of the pass game. So that fits exactly what Mac Jones is. And they knew that when they drafted him, this is not a, you know, this you're there. I'm not, this is not a surprise to them. What Mac Mm -hmm. Jones, the way in which he's playing, I'm not talking about the production, the way in which he is playing is not a surprise to the Patriots. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, internally, it's it's funny. You you don't hear a lot of the noise that goes on around here, but there are certain people, you know, around right. that that just don't think he's going to be that he's not special enough. And they brought up the Patriots, perhaps you know, trading for Deshaun Watson or something like that. And like what 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 I what think is, they miss what is what does special mean? And I'm not knocking you, but right. so you have to define what that means. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I can just say that internally. They are thrilled at where Mac Jones is in, in in his development, and that's what that's what excites me. That he's only seven games into his career, and some of I the know. things that he does and his understanding, like just week one. I mean, knowing Brian Flores like I do, and knowing his scheme, and and having seen it for years up here, they basically and the Patriots said this too. They threw the kitchen sink at Mac Jones in week one, and even Brian Flores got to the podium after the game, and he's like. That kid's pretty good. He did well, a pretty – because Brian Flores, no, he, he threw the kitchen sink at the kid week one, that. his first start. It's funny you say that, and I'll do a little self-promotion now because I did a piece on Mac Jones for the matchup show this week, so I hope people will watch it, yes. DVR, do whatever they do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I showed a play from week one because I thought it was very reflective of what he is. And you rem- you may remember the play. He hit Aguilar along the left sideline for, I don't know, 24, 25 yards. And it was a play in which the, the um, Dolphins showed – single high man coverage pre-snap, and then spun the coverage to cover two just as the ball was snapped. I don't know if you remember this play. Yeah, I do. And and the play design was to work inside the numbers. They had mirrored crosses by uh, Myers and uh, Henry, and they had a, a sit route by Kendrick Bourne. And the coverage, when they spun to cover two, took all that away. And actually... Xavier Howard was kind of peeking inside, almost in a trap ne- technique to take away, to almost bait Mac Jones into throwing mm-hmm. that sort of sit route to Bourne. And Jones saw the whole thing, and he threw it over the top of Howard, 
of Howard to Aguilar. And Aguilar, to me, and again, maybe if Josh McDaniels was listening, he'd say otherwise. I don't think Aguilar was truly part of the progression because mm-hmm. I think it was meant to work inside. And Jones just – he saw everything at the right speed. He never was outside the structure of his drop and the timing of the routes, and he threw it over Howard, kind of the trap corner to Aguilar, and you saw that week one. That's what Mac Jones is. So, to me, that's special. That's special for a rookie quarterback week one. People tend to think of special, as you know, when a guy runs around. That's Mm -hmm. what they think is special. I've been very fortunate from people I've learned the quarterback position from that's special to me is the nuance, the detail, the disciplined craft element of the position, that's special. And I think Mm -hmm. Mac Jones is far more like that and can be even better as he just continues to grow and learn. Absolutely. Uh, Pivoting real quick, um, you know, we'll see Justin Herbert this week who, um, you know, physically is just – yeah, I mean, just gifted to all hell, and, and he's just been tremendous since the get-go, um, pretty much since he's been here. Uh, what have you seen from him on film? And, uh, you know, I I don't know. I watched a lot of the Ravens film this week. Um, that was a bad you know, game. Looked, he had a really bad – that was may have been his worst game in the NFL. It was one of yeah, those weeks. I, it was one of those I'm weeks. just wondering, you know, some of the things that the Ravens did sort of pre-snap, post-snap, changing stuff. Wink Martindale, we all know is good. That's yeah. the, You know, they have a good secondary there. Um, do you, do you think that the Patriots and they keep running out of bodies in the secondary? Yeah. Um, and you probably look back to last year's matchup for this game. Um, anything stand out as far as you, Justin Herbert going against, uh, the Patriots? This well, week? I think the one thing that stands out to me about Herbert is we know he's big. We know he's got a big arm. We know he can move, but I think that in many ways, what he's become last year, he was like this. And certainly this year as well is he's very much a ball distributor as well. I mean, there are times he almost looks, and I don't mean this in a negative way, I mean in a positive way. There are some. There are times he just looks robotic and mechanical. He drops back, he delivers the ball. He drops back, he delivers the ball. Is he capable of more than that? Of course he is. And obviously he's got a very big arm, so when he moves, he can get the ball down the field. Um, I don't think it'll be a repeat of last year's 45 to nothing game, but mm-hmm. I think Bill Belichick... They'll be look, I, I think for the most part, and it goes into far more detail than this, but for the most part, I think Coach Belichick's approach is front multiplicity, a lot of different moving parts in the front, and coverage consistency. They play a lot of man coverage. Now, that man coverage changes depending on the nature of the opponent. You get dedicated doubles in certain situations you get a robber in certain situations you get you get specific opponents that demand that that coach Belichick does different things um I would have to believe there'll be times in this game where he doubles Keenan Allen third downs in which he doubles Keenan Allen and tries to show it in a way that Justin Herbert doesn't see that it's going to be a double it wouldn't surprise me if there's times he doubles Mike Williams and again should presenting in a way where it's not evident so i think you'll see wrinkles like that but i think the general philosophy of what bill belichick does is not going to dramatically change yeah um i I agree with you what what have you seen out of the 
the Patriots in, in your viewing of the Patriots on film. And, you know, we talked a lot about Mac. I mean, we know the offensive line got off to a little bit of a rough start, but I'm just wondering if anything stands out to you on film about the Patriots. One of the things I brought up since, I don't know, week one or week two is team speed seems to be apparent to me yeah. on film, especially on defense. Just what, what has caught your eye about the Patriots? So yeah, I, I could, I could definitely see that. I don't, I don't think, I would say if you're comparing them from a talent perspective to other teams in the league on defense, you would not say that they're a fast defense. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that 100%. They're not necessarily a fast defense by any means. Um, now, we know that they're predominantly, I mean, and the numbers reflect this, we know that they're a sub-package defense. They hardly ever play in, in, a, in a base defense. They're, they're a sub-package defense. So they play high percentage nickel and high percentage dime relative to the rest of the league. Um, I think they'll do that this week for the simple reason that I don't think whether Eckler plays or not, and I guess we won't know that maybe until game mm-hmm. time, I don't think they're going into this game with the idea that, hey, we better stop the run or we're not going to win this game. So they will play out of sub-defenses you might even see in certain situations, snaps of seven DBs, which we've seen Bill Belichick do over the years. Um, Because I think that gives him, to your point, more speed, a greater ability to do dedicated doubles and brackets if he chooses to go that route, which he will at given times. So, uh, you know, I think relative to the rest of the league, though, you wouldn't say their defensive talent is high, high level. So it becomes a very schematic defense. And I think he understands that, you know, there's look, coaches know what they have. All coaches know what they have and, and the best way to utilize their players. So I would expect to see a lot of, you'll certainly see nickel, you'll see dime and you might see seven DBs. What, uh, what, what do you think about the, the other matchup, the Patriots offense against the Chargers defense? We know that the Chargers, I mean, they've played three of the top run offenses yeah. in the league, um, which will skew things a little bit, but they have not been good against the run. It seems to be a good matchup um, for the Patriots in that regard and that they want to run the ball and be physical with Damian Harris. And I assume Ravonde Stevenson might be active this week uh, to give them a dual threat. Uh, what do you think about that side of the ball? Well, you know, I think that that's an area that they they can exploit what the Chargers bring to the table. I think the Chargers are are not real strong at the linebacker position. Um, you know, one thing about Brandon Staley is he will be very multiple with his coverage look. So, uh, you know, I think that the running game is a factor. I've always liked Damian Harris. He just seems to get mm-hmm. nicked up. Um, but I think he's a he's a physical inside runner who's got some juice to him. So he's not just a big body, even though he's what, I don't know, two twenties in that range. Is any, he's a pretty pretty big dude. Um, But I've always liked him. Um, I think Stevenson could well be up this week. You're right. And have a nice one, two punch of physicality and toughness inside uh, to, to sustain offense and keep Mac Jones in a position where they can be proactive with their pass game as opposed to being reactive in long yardage situations where the defense tends to have the tactical advantage. So I would expect the run game to be a factor. I think the Chargers are somewhat susceptible to that. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, that would not surprise me at all. And I think they want to play that way. I mean, you would know better than I, but there's there's no way they want Mac Jones dropping back 40 times by choice. They, they don't want that to happen unless – 
you know, hey, look, if, if for whatever reason charges jump out 24-6 in the second quarter, everything changes. But I don't think they're going into this game with the idea that Mac Jones is going to toss it all over the yard. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, Dur- I haven't seen a ton of film on the Chargers. Derwin James, with him coming back from injury this year, any difference in his play, any difference in how Brandon Staley is using him? As, oh, yeah, he's as coach. And I think Staley has said this, but the film shows it. He is the most critical piece because they play him at four or five different positions. Mm-hmm. So he can do a lot of different things um, and, and they'll use him that way. So I guess in this game, it would depend on situational football, what the situation is in, in terms of how do they choose to use him. I think uh, if, if the Patriots continue to play a good amount out of 12 personnel with the two tight ends, you'll see him at times match up but you'll see him at times uh, be on an on-the-ball defender in the run game. So he, you'll see he'll be used in multiple ways. Hmm. Interesting. All right, Greg. Well, um, that was a ton of information. I, you know, I really appreciate it on behalf of our listeners and the readers at bostonsportsjournal.com. I greatly appreciate you uh, coming aboard and lending your insight. No, Greg, I enjoy it. You know, you know how much I love talking football. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, this is this has been the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast brought to you by BetUS with our special guest, Greg Cosell. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. <laughs>